Well, good morning, church. It's good to see all of you today. We're just so grateful uh, that you are with us this morning. I want to welcome those that are with us online as well. We're so glad that you can be a part of things this morning. Uh, as obviously, we love Christmas around here. It's a fun season. And so uh, just to give you a heads up of what's taking place next Sunday, you don't want to miss out next Sunday. Uh, we've got Pastor Micah McDonald is going to be speaking next Sunday as a part of our series. Uh, there's fun stuff for the adults. Your job, you have a job this week. Your job is to wear the most festive Christmas outfit you can next week, okay? So it can be an ugly sweater, it can be a pretty sweater, it can be all the things, whatever. But we're going to just have fun next week. There's going to be a gift, whoever comes the most festive next week. And for the kids, uh, kids, you get to bring them in their Christmas PJs next week. You don't even have to get them ready. It's awesome, okay? Uh, so that's what's going to take place next Sunday. And I'm going to be coming out of retirement, and I'm singing, a, I'm singing with uh, Savannah, one of our worship leaders next week. And so we'll have a little fun next week, okay? So we hope you can join us. Uh, but as I said, we love Christmas around here. And last week, if you missed out on the message last week, uh, I shared about the fact that, you know, unfortunately, the reality is for a lot of us, when we get to the December season, although we've got a lot of stuff going on and it's supposed to be all about Jesus, we tend to get distracted by the other things. We get distracted by the parties and the gifts and the celebrations and the decorations. And although those things are good, we get a little distracted. You know, how many know the phrase, keep the Christ in Christmas? You ever heard that phrase before, right? It's super cheesy, but it's true, right? Because a lot of times we totally forget about Jesus in this season. We get really distracted. And I will say this, that even inside of the church, in our preaching, we can miss Jesus. Because you can come during the Christmas season and hear a lot of sermons that are about wise men and Mary, and Joseph, and the shepherds, and the angels, and we totally miss Jesus. <laughs> and so what we're going to do in this month is we're going to be focusing on Christ. We're going to focus on him and who he is, who de he desires to be in our life. And my prayer is that for every single one of us, we would have a deepening in our heart of who this Christ is and how he desires to transform our lives. All right, if you got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Isaiah Chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9. If you're not sure where Isaiah is, turn to your table of contests and jump in there, all right? Would you stand with me across the room? Nothing sacred about standing. It's just what we do to honor God's word as we read it together. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse number 6. Two verses here for you. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. God, in the hubbub of this month, Lord, I pray we would hear you. So, God, this morning we open our ears, we open our mind, we give you our attention for a few moments. God, meet us right where we are, we pray. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. You can be seated. I want to talk to the parents. If you are a parent or you've been a parent at some point in your life, have you ever had that moment where you do something really stupid and you think to yourself, I am a horrible parent? You ever had that thought for? Okay, I think we've all had that moment, right? We're like, what in the world was I thinking, okay? This happened to Amber and I a couple of years ago. We have a, our son, Asher. I talk about Asher a lot because he's fun, he's crazy, he's entertaining, he gives us lots of stories, okay? So when Asher was a little kid, there was something he started doing, which was kind of funny to us. Like he would give this fun, funny face and he'd cross his eyes and he'd go, Ooh, you know, he'd cross his eyes. 
that's cute. That's not cute that he does that, right? And he would do it, you know, fairly regularly, you know. It's just, oh, there he's making his dumb face again. We just thought it was cute, you know, super fun. And so he goes to school, and uh, kindergarten was at one school, no big deal. That's fine. He gets to first grade, and we actually change schools. He's in a new school. And we get to the first parent-teacher conferences, and the teacher says, does he, does he cross his eyes? We're like, yeah, that's a stupid face that he makes. And she's like, he might need glasses. And we're like, no, it's just a dumb face he makes. No. I think he might need glasses. So we took him to the doctor. Turns out the kid couldn't see anything. <laughs> Amber and I looked at each other. We are horrible parents. <laughs> like genuinely horrible parents. We just thought he was being crazy. So my, my kid would look at things, but he couldn't really see it. And so, uh, so when, when I think of that story, I, I think about the text that we just looked at. I think it's the same way. This is a text that we look at every year, don't we? For to us a child is born. Like some of you, you've heard Handel's Messiah, and they sing that line. And it's just, you know, for to us a child is given, yada, 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 the rest of the text, right? But there is so much depth in here about, about what God is trying to speak to our hearts. And so my prayer is that we'll see this scripture in context and see, okay, what is God really saying to us, us here in 2021, almost 2022? What is he trying to speak to our hearts, all right? And so we always ask this question, what, you know, what's the context here? What's going on here? So the book of Isaiah, we just read out of the book of Isaiah in, in Scripture. And Isaiah was a prophet to God's people. What is a prophet? A prophet was someone who God would send to bring correction and to call his people back to faithfulness. Hey, you people of God, you've gotten off course. You're going the wrong direction. He's calling them back to faithfulness. And we know this, that God's people have a tendency, and you probably can relate to this, we have a tendency to ignore God, to walk away, and to just kind of do our own thing, don't we? Right? We know what we're supposed to. We should probably be following God, but we have a tendency to say, nah, I'm going to kind of do things my own way. In fact, when I read scripture, oftentimes when I read the Old Testament and I read the stories about God's people, and I hear, I, sometimes I think to myself, man, how could they be so stupid? And then I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I do the same stuff, right? I had the wrong, I know what I should do, and I don't. Like, so I can relate to this. And so, so what's going on is God is speaking this. And Isaiah, the entire book, is God challenging these people. Come back to me. You've been unfaithful. Would you once again give me your allegiance? Give allegiance to God. That's what's going on. But Isaiah has another unique purpose. And this prophet's purpose was to foretell, to prophesy of this one that is to come, this Jesus. And throughout the book of Isaiah, you will read, Jesus is all over the place in the book of Isaiah. And so here in the, uh, Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah is about to get to this point. He's about to speak of Jesus. He's about to give this beautiful picture of what is to come in Christ, but he doesn't start there. He begins in the previous chapter to this uh, by condemning the behavior of followers of Christ. He's saying, you guys are going the wrong way. Because he's saying this to his people. He's saying, listen, you people, you're supposed to follow me. And you need direction. You need guidance in your life. That's what you need. We all know you need that. But rather than looking to me, you're constantly looking in other places. And it says this in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. I'm going to pull that one up. It says this, when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? What in the world does that mean? Here's what's going on. The people of God, they're confused. They need direction. What do they do? Do they go to God and seek him? No. They're going for mediums and spiritists. They're looking at everybody else except for God. He's saying, what are you doing? 
Like, you're my people. Like, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm desiring to guide you, to speak wisdom into your life. But rather than looking at me, you look everywhere else. Does that sound familiar in your life? Because there's so many times when I feel like, God, I need wisdom, I need wisdom. And I go ask my neighbor, I ask my friend, I ask my wife, I go to go look for the news, I go Google this thing. Rather than saying, God, do you have wisdom for me? Do you have direction for me? He's saying, this is the problem. You guys aren't coming to me. I want you to come to me. And the result, here's the result. He says, because you are constantly going out there, you're looking in other places rather than to me, it it ends up really destructive in your life. And it goes on in verse 22, and this is the state that you find yourself in. It says, then they, they, us people who have a tendency to look in the wrong direction, they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. When I read this passage, I can't help but think about the world that we live in. The world that we live in that has a tendency to look everywhere else except to God. And where do we find ourselves in Scripture? Or where does the the world find itself so often in distress and darkness and fearful gloom? And I'll be honest, a lot of times in our own lives, we're experiencing the same thing. Why? Because we don't look to the one who's desiring to guide us. You know, when I, I think about the last two years and specifically, the last two years, it, it just feels like the world has been very dark, hasn't it? Like we know, we've all gone, we've gone through a crazy couple of years here. <laughs> it's been weird, it's been different, it's been challenging, it's been hurtful, right? And I, I think the, the world is just, it's, we've seen so much hatred, so much division, so much fear, so much instability, Right? At one point, we ran out of toilet paper. Like, it's just been weird, okay? It's been a weird season, okay? But I would guess that there's some of you that walk in the door this morning, and it's fine that the world's gone crazy, but you didn't even need the world to go crazy because your own personal life has been going crazy. Like, you've been experiencing that on your own. You know, you maybe feel overwhelmed. Maybe you walked in the door this morning because you're just straight up discouraged. You're angry. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're exhausted. You just don't know where to turn. Now, sometimes Amber and I have people who come uh, talk to us. I'm like, you have no idea what I'm going through, Greg. I'm like, I don't know what you're going through. But it's as if people don't think Amber and I aren't real people who have hard things go happen to. Like, we have hard stuff that happens in our lives. Like, we don't float around on the clouds all the time. <laughs> like, sometimes we fight. <laughs> sometimes life is hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes come, things come up against us, and we don't know what to do. Like, I get it. And some of you are feeling that right now in your life. You're going through that, man. There's just been so many people in our church hurting lately. I get it. This is where we can oftentimes find ourselves. And what we do is in those times is oftentimes we, we find ourselves in tough spots because we've been trying to find our confidence and our hope in the wrong thing. You know, maybe you've been trying to find your confidence in your health. You've always been healthy, and suddenly you've got a bad prognosis, and you don't know what to do anymore. Right? Maybe you found your confidence in a relationship. And that relationship has ended. It's gone sideways. And you don't know what to do anymore. You've lost your direction. You feel like you're in distress and darkness and fearful gloom. That's what you feel like. Maybe you've had your confidence in just the way life is or in your money or in your career and things have just gone sideways and you're struggling in those things. Or maybe, maybe, I know people like this, you just pride yourself and you find your foundation in the fact that you can just kind of hold things together, right? People look at you and you're like, you're a guy, you're a girl who's got your stuff together, you're doing well in life, and everybody looks at you and you try to keep it up so everybody thinks that about you, but inside you are falling apart and you don't even know what to do about it. So many of us find ourselves in those circumstances at times. It doesn't make you 
less spiritual to go through hard times. But there is a word here that I believe is for every single one of us, for every one of us who faces those seasons of darkness, those feelings of not knowing what to do, of where to go. This is what it says in Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. It says this. It says, nevertheless, and also other translations say, but there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Why? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And it goes on to verse number six that we just read. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. This is why Jesus came into the world, okay? This is why he came into the world. Jesus came to burst into the darkness and the chaos of our world and burst into the darkness and the chaos of your own life. He came to meet us in the mess of our circumstances. He is not ashamed. He's not afraid of your, oh, no, I can't get, no, no, no. He actually entered the mess of our circumstances to save us and to redeem us. That's how much he cares about us. But he doesn't enter in our world like Santa Claus does, okay? His job isn't to kind of walk in and to try to anesthetize you with some present and a treat to make you forget about all the problems you got going on in your life. That's not the goal. No, he comes in to take control, to be the leader and the savior that we need, to be a foundation for our lives in a world that is constantly crumbling around us. That's why he came. He is the light in the darkness, all right? So I'm going to get to our big so what. We always say so what. It's the point of this thing. If you forget everything I share this morning, is this. Christmas isn't about a baby. It's about a king. It's not about a baby. It's about a king. How many of you have a little nativity set in your house somewhere? You got a little nativity set. You got the little baby Jesus. Oh, little baby Jesus. Right? Cute little baby. Little eight pounds, six ounce. Infant baby Jesus. Some of you know what I'm talking about. That, that's, that's not what Christmas is about. Okay? Christmas is about a king in a world that is constantly saying, where can I turn? Who can I trust? Who can lead me? Jesus has three words. Come, follow me. Come, follow me. It says this at the end of chapter, or end of verse 6. It says, and the government will be on his shoulders. That's a really bizarre scripture. Like, what in the world does that mean? Because when we think about government, we think about our normal governmental systems here in the world. But what is that really trying to say? That on this Jesus, the government will be on his shoulders. What does it mean? It, it means this, that the rule and reign, the government, the rule and reign of the world will be on him. Like, he's the one in control. He's the one calling the shots. He's the one with the strength. He has all power and dominion. He is king of all. That's who this Jesus is. And so often we get wrapped up in little baby Jesus, little baby Jesus. You forget that is a king. That is a king that came, not just simply to come give you a little chills at Christmas time, but to come take control and be in charge that you are called to be submitted to. Goes on in verse number seven, says this of the greatness of his, his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. In a world of darkness, Jesus came to be the light, not to shine a light, but to be the light. Jesus said this I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what he said. I am. I'm the way. Like, what's the right way? I don't know where to go. I don't know. Where to go. Look to Jesus. He's the way. 
Say, well, I, I don't know even who to believe anymore, right? It feels like everybody's lying to me. Jesus doesn't say, I don't just speak truth. I am the truth. Look to me and follow me. And in a world where we're trying to find our life, we're trying to find it in anything and every. Can I buy it? Can I find it? Can I experience life somewhere? He says, I am the life. You're looking in the wrong direction if you look anywhere else. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus came to be the king to meet every need we have. Right? So we say we're here to, to follow a king. Right? He's king, but is he a king that we really would want to follow? What's this king like? And I think that's where I save the best for last in this passage. There's four things in this passage that says who he is as a king. Number one, it says this, he is wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. This means he is wise. You ever have those times in life where you're just like, man, I need some wisdom. I don't know what to do. That's who he is. He is a counselor. He desires to speak truth. He desires to bring wisdom in your life. And the book of James says if you need wisdom, ask Ask, he wants to give it to you. That is who he is. And so for all of us who are at times in our lives where we're struggling, he's calling us, listen, you're looking everywhere else. You're out in the darkness trying to find it. How about you come to me? I'm a wonderful counselor. I want to lead you and guide you into truth. That's what I want to do. But he's not just a wonderful counselor. It says he is a mighty God. That means he's not only wise, but he is strong. There's times in my life, and you probably have those times as well, where you're like, man, I need... I need something miraculous. I need like some supernatural power here in this circumstance. Some of you are facing that right now. That's who he is. He is a mighty God. He is the creator God of all the universe, which means he has all. So whatever you're facing, and I know I've got the same time. There are times where I'm just like, God, I need you. Will you do something here? I need you. Listen, he has all power and authority in his hand. He can meet those needs. We trust him to be that kind of a God. But it's more than that. A wonderful counselor, a mighty God, and an everlasting Father. And this is probably hard for some of you. Some of you probably had a bad dad, had a hard experience with your father. And when we talk about God being a father, that doesn't actually sound good to you. You're like, I'd really like him not to be like my father. Well, good news if you had a bad dad, he's nothing like your father. It says he cares for you intimately. You know, the scripture says he knows every. hair on your head, which for me is a lot easier than it used to be because I don't have as much hair as I used to have. I'm making things easier for him. But he cares about you intimately. And so hear this. If you're, if you're going through a season, and sometimes we have those seasons in our lives where we're just like, man, I, you, do you see me? Do you know what's going on? You can trust that he is a God who knows. He's a God who cares. He hasn't forgotten you. If you ever say God has forgotten about me, that is the enemy trying to get you to believe a lie. Because this is not the truth, right? And if we could get a hold of these three, it's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, then I think that we can experience the fourth. He is prince of peace. We all crave peace, don't we? Like, I don't know about you, but like life does not feel peaceful a lot of the times. It feels like chaos. In those moments, you ever have those moments in your life where you're just like, oh, I just feel... Like, I wish I could live like that, you know? Here's the sad reality, that I could. Just so often my eyes are in the wrong place. I'm trying to find my peace in other places. And God's saying, listen, my rule and reign is here. I'm creating a place of peace for you, but you have to step into it. 
You have to live from it. Not live out on your own, not getting your eyes on everybody else, saying, listen, quit looking everywhere else. Shouldn't a people of God look to him, right? That's what he's calling for us. It's found only in Christ. I don't know what brought you here this morning. Some of you came because that's just what you do. You're here every week. Some of you, you came, you're just excited to worship. Some of you walked in the door for the very first time this morning because you're overwhelmed in life and you just felt like, I got to go to church and I don't know where to go. Listen, I'm so dang happy you're here. Seriously, so glad you're here. But there's one thing that I know of everybody in this room. First thing is this, that every single one of us desperately needs Jesus. It's true of us all. Second thing is this, is that we have to respond. So what's your response going to be? For some of you, our response at times, if we're totally honest, is we just kind of ignore God. We just kind of go about our life, don't even think about it. There's others of us that are kind of church people who like for an hour on Sunday or every once in a while we might give him our attention. But if we're totally honest the rest of the time, we're just kind of doing our own thing. It's like, you know, it's like a kid playing with a little toy. I like pull the toy off the shelf, we'll play with it a little bit, and then we'll put it back and forget that it even exists. So often that's how we can treat God. We don't invite him into every situation. We're not seeking wisdom from him. We're always looking in other places. And he's saying, hello, here I am. I'm desiring to meet your needs. I'm desiring to connect with you, to help you, to walk with you, to guide you. Will you look to me? But I think the only appropriate response to a king like Jesus is the same response we see from the wise men in the Christmas story. You know the story. The men off in the east, right? And they've got this star they see out in the distance, right? Oh, there's darkness everywhere else, but they see this light. And rather than having their eyes on all the darkness, which is what so often we do, they get their eyes focused on the light and they say, okay, that's the thing I'm walking toward. Everything else I'm forgetting. And they walk toward the light and they follow that star. And where does the star lead them? It leads them to a manger with a baby, right? And how do we approach babies? Who's a good baby? My wife's embarrassed by me right now. But that's how we approach baby. That is not how they approach the baby. Why? Because they knew this wasn't a baby. This was a king. And so what does scripture say? It says they bowed down and worshiped. That's the only response for a king. Jesus came to be all the things that we need. He came to be our wonderful counselor. He came to be a mighty God. He came to be everlasting father. He came to be the prince of peace. But above all those things, he came to a manger with his eyes fixed on a cross. Why? To purchase the salvation of our very soul. And this morning, every single one of us finds ourselves in the, in the same place. Apart from the goodness of God in Christ, there is no hope for our soul. Our sin leaves us in a position of separation from God. But Jesus came and gave his life that by receiving the gift of salvation that only comes through him, we could have restored relationship with the Father in eternal Zoe life both now and forevermore. How are we going to respond? What's your response going to be? Because every day, every one of us, someday every one of us will stand before the king and we will bow and worship question is, is it on our terms or is it on his? So my prayer is that we would all respond to Jesus today.
I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a moment. I think all of us need to respond in some way. If you're a follower of Christ, um, I guess I'm in the same boat as you, is that a lot of times I can find myself looking in the wrong places. And I just think it's important for us to reaffirm that. Say, God, I want to get my eyes in the right place. That I would, I'd look to you. I've been looking to everybody else. I've been looking to relationships, other things. God, I pray that I would get my eyes to you. For somebody, I believe, either in the room or online today, there's somebody who needs to make a first-time decision to follow Jesus, to say, you are king, not just out there, but you are my king, and to receive the gift of salvation. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the invitation you constantly give us, the invitation to know you, the invitation to be in relationship with you, the invitation to receive what we can never purchase for ourselves. We thank you for that, God. We're so grateful for that, God. God, we need you. Would you draw us just to a deeper place in you? As we so often get distracted, God, I pray that our eyes would turn to you in a new way today. With every head bow and every eye closed in the room, if you're here this morning, you would say, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've already submitted my life to Jesus, but I've just been a little distracted. My eyes have been in the wrong place, and you know that. This morning, just as a just as an affirmation, just to say, God, I, I want to get back to looking in the right places. Would you just lift a hand across the room? Just say, God, I need you. Would you help me to get back in the right place? Yeah, yeah. Focus on the right things. God, would you draw our hearts deeper to you, Lord? Help us to respond to you, Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that those things that have been distractions, the things that have taken our attention, Lord, I pray that not that you just take them away, but God, that we would submit them to you. God, because you can't take them all away. Sometimes it's the normal things of life, but God, I pray that we would lay them down, submit them to you, God, so that we could get our eyes in the right place. Help us all, Lord Jesus, we pray. With every head bow and every eye closed this morning, I believe there's somebody here this morning that needs to respond to Christ. You've never submitted your life to Jesus. You've never repented of your sin, turned away from your sin, and turned to Jesus in submission to say, I'm yours. See, the only way we receive the gift of salvation is by surrendering our life to him. By saying, God, I'm yours. I give you everything that I am. I make you my king. I make you my leader. But in return, we receive what we could never purchase for ourselves. And if that's you this morning, you want to respond to Jesus, I would just invite you right now just to lift a hand across the room and say, that's me. I want to respond to Jesus for the very first time this morning. Would you respond to him? Yes. Yeah. Anyone else that needs to respond to Jesus today? This could be the most important moment of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to respond to Jesus, either in the room or online, I invite you to just to pray in your own heart as I pray right now. A prayer like this. Jesus, thank you for loving me and pursuing me. Thank you for caring for me when I didn't care about you. I acknowledge that I'm, I'm a sinner, that I'm broken, and uh, that I've been going my own way. And God, I want to submit my life to you and make you my king and my leader. Would you wash my sins clean? Would you give me a brand new beginning, Father? And would you help me to live for you in everything? My faith is no longer in myself. My faith is in Jesus Christ as my Savior. He is why I receive the gift of eternal life. And I thank you for that, Lord. God, would you do an eternal work in me today? And I pray that today would be, be the beginning of a beautiful journey that lasts for eternity. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen.